You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Y'all, welcome back to a Thursday episode of Clapback Poacher. I'm your girl, Jules Jesse, here in the flesh alongside my co-host, JC. What it do? What it do? What's going on? What's going on? How you, how you doing tonight, Jules? How you doing? How you doing? Man, listen, it's been... Tonight was kind of hectic. It took me a lot to get to get myself together for tonight's show. Um, but other than that, I've been having like a great week. I had a really good productive day. Um, what about you? How was your week? How's your week been? Uh, what's today? Thursday? Uh, my week has been, I, well, I guess, I guess I should mention yesterday was my birthday. So, I mean, that was cool. Oh, um, well, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I, my week's been chill. My week's, my week's have been weird for here lately. It's not as busy as, as I would like it to be. Um, uh-huh. and I guess that's a good thing. Maybe that's the calm before the storm. And I'm not used to, um, I'm not used to chilling. I'm a Capricorn. Like we work. That's what we do. So I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like laying on the couch playing video games. Like I need to be building an empire or something. <laughs> I agree. It's very hard for me to kind of woosaw and chill. I mean, even even more so with the baby. I, I did a thread on um, Facebook earlier this week and I just went back to check it today. But I posted it on Monday basically saying like, you know, they always tell new moms sleep when the baby sleeps, but I just don't know how to do that because when the baby sleep, there's like so much other stuff I need to get done. That so I'm when like, do you sleep? I'm not doing that. <laughs> so when do you sleep? I, I mean, in this <laughs> uh, when I get an that means none. Man, okay. but listen, I'm like, there's still too much to be done throughout the day, so. Even now, just like putting the show together, I was like, dang, I got so much other stuff I need to do right before that, that I think I haven't naturally broken out of like my entrepreneurial spirit of like being this go getter into like figuring out what my new my new routine is. So shout out to all the moms out there, especially the single moms who are doing this on their own, because I don't know how you do it. <laughs> That's how I was about to all say, right. how is new motherhood treating you? That's always what I'm, I'm kind of thinking about. Like, how are you? And new, new motherhood is treating me great. Honestly, I have a really great baby. Um, she's great. He's been keeping me up though. He's a little monster at night. It's all he wants to do is eat. And I'm just, <laughs> but he's great other than that. I mean, you just have this little monster who loves you so much and you love them so much. It's like, they can do no wrong. And they're just so sweet. Everything about them is so sweet. I see why people post their kids all the time now. Cause you just, you're so in love. You think everyone- Don't be that mom. Don't you. be that mom. Don't be that mom. I'm trying not to. Be <laughs> Don't be that I get mom. it now. I get it. I get it. <sighs> well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Clapback Culture. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. We're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard, but coming off of the holiday weekend, more issues with cancellations of flight. But this time it was canceled probably because of a damaged database file. So after thousands of flights were canceled on Wednesday, 
Uh, the Federal Aviation Administration is saying basically after their preliminary investigation that it could it could have been caused uh, by this database file. Well, this is almost 7,000 flights, you guys, that were canceled coming into, within, or going out of the country that were delayed. Um, and just over 1,100 were canceled altogether. So this is crazy. Um, basically, everything went dark on Tuesday morning when I woke up. It's a, a system called NOTAM, Notice to Air Missions. And this is like air traffic control, the FAA, you guys. Um, and this is what alerts pilots in airports in real time of hazards. So they had to stop everything. They would not let any of these flights go. Um, um, thus far, they're saying there's no evidence of a cyber attack, which would have been super critical and crazy. Um, but yeah, they're just saying right now, we just think it's a damaged database file, but this has huge ramifications, not only, um, for, you know, uh, airlines, but travelers as well. And so this is coming off the bat of like a really terrible, um, flight experience, I think coming off of Christmas, rolling into new year's, so many, uh, cancellations and delays Southwest. We know they took a huge hit. Um, during that time period. But I guess I'm just surprised, JC, that this could actually happen, you know, that we would have had, you know, this kind of like huge delay um, kind of through nothing, a database file. So I immediately saw this and thought it was a hack. Um, I'm not even going to front. I still think it was a hack. Um, you know, I, I don't expect the government to claim that it was a hack because, you know, you want to keep the peace and so on and so forth, all that good stuff. I think it was a hack. Personally. But um, I also want to remind people because a lot of people like, you know, really disregard astrology, but we're in Mercury retrograde. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't know anything about Mercury retrograde, when when Mercury goes backwards, uh, communications mess up. Right. And the last time Mercury retrograde happened, Facebook went down and that was when mm -hmm. the whole Instagram outage. So every time Mercury retrograde happens, something bad happens. And so as I like to say to people, you don't have to believe in astrology because astrology believes in you. So I just want to remind everybody that no, <laughs> no big. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's over on the 20th. So if you can't help it, don't sign no major contracts. Don't do no major deals. Don't do no major traveling. You know, all yeah. of those good things. So Mercury retrograde is real. Want to let y'all know that. All right. That's it. it, it I, I agree with you, brother. I agree with you on that. Thanks for <laughs> that to the environment. Man, I'm telling you, a lot of people go through it. They go through it, especially when it's um, around their moon cycle. So mm -hmm. we'll see if you, you know, come through and drop some of those gems, man. Drop some of those gems. We want to definitely continue to talk about that. I want to say what's up to our party people chiming in online. What's up, Dominique? What's up, Pander and Pelosi? Darnell, the good brother Darnell. Glad to see you back here. Um, you know, shout out to you guys for showing up again and showing up in the comments. If you guys are viewing Please tap in. We want to talk to you guys and, and see what you guys are thinking. Um, new updates. Your boy, Damar Hamlin, has now been discharged from the hospital. Not only discharged, but home. Home with his family to continue his recovery. You guys, we reported about this last week. If you remember, he is the Buffalo Bills safety 
um, that suffered a cardiac arrest while collapsing during a game against the Cincinnati Bengals on January the 2nd. Well, he has had one hell of a recovery period. Um, doctors said that he completed a series of tests and evaluations um, and that they're confident that DeMar can safely discharge and continue his rehabilitation at home with the Bills. And so this is great news. Um, I mean, you think, you know, 12 days ago, this guy suffered from cardiac arrest. His heart stopped, I think, not once, but twice. Um, and, you know, the UCMC physicians really praised the first responders who um, were able to um, initiate that, that immediate care for him, performing CPR and using a defibrillator. So shout out to those first responders for really um, implementing those life-saving, critical um, actions in that moment to save this young man's life. Um, but yeah, they said he's been walking, he's talking, he's eating regular food, um, and he's very much normal, um, but that he's on an accelerated trajectory to recovery. So that's great news. My question is, um, who are the doctors checking? Is this like a real hospital? This isn't the NFL doctors, is it? Because, you know, we all we discussed how <laughs> how on a whim the NFL doctors might be like, yeah, yeah, he's fine. Let him play, let him play, let him play. And he passes out in the field again. They're like, oh, we don't know what happened. We cleared him. I don't know. So I just, I want to make sure this is a real, these are real actual medical professionals checking this man out, <laughs> making sure he's okay. It, to play. Is a, it is a collaboration of medical professionals and the physicians at the hospitals are also um, in conversation and coordinating with the physicians okay. on the Buffalo Bills. So okay. there is both. Um, another thing, though, is the NFL said that they are not going to reschedule this game um, that was stopped in the first quarter, which, remember, there was a lot of controversy and conversation around that. But they said right. that this will have no effect on which clubs will qualify for the postseason. So this is cool. I think, you know, at the end of the day, that was such a crazy game. I think that's too much ammunition too much to replay <laughs> yeah to run it yeah, back we could just let, we could just call a spade a spade on that one like just, yeah, just i agree i agree <laughs> I think, well, you know this is a uh, cardiac arrest to consider a life-threatening event obviously if your heart stops yes. and then you're back at it you're going home and recovering at your parents house i mean this is like the best news that you can possibly have i know his mother and father are extremely happy um this, I mean, we'll we'll continue to to watch this. I mean, you know, based on our last conversation, though, I I'm interested. I'm more interested to see what happens post care. So, what happens to him? Is he going to get back on the field? If he's not going to get back on the field, how is the NFL and the Bills going to um, really, you know, really support this young man in his recovery and in his future? So. I'm interested to see what is going to go on there. Guys, what are your thoughts on that? You know, obviously, you know, we're, we're happy D3 is back, you know, making it happen. Um, but just let us know in the comments if you think the NFL is going to support this young man getting back into I'm also, this. One. I'm also interested to see um, surrounding like all of the the attention that's been placed on like the contract negotiations i'm interested to see if whoever the union is for the nfl can use this as a spearhead to go back in to renegotiate some of those terms that are in um the current contract agreement to maybe 
I guess, readjust for situations like these, especially like this young man is like 23 years old. Like this isn't something that a cardiac arrest for someone in their early 20s. is not something that is usual, like it's very unusual. So in this instance, I'm, I'm wondering like, hey, maybe we can go back in, you know, whoever. Hey, Mr. Contract NFL people, can we please take a look at what's happening in the contract? Please take go back and pay attention to some of the people that are on um, CNN, on uh, ESPN, on Converge Media. Hey, shameless plug. And, you know, actually go back in and take a look at and, and see if we can fix some things and, and get these people some help when these people actually have these like life altering moments. Like this is crazy. Yeah. I'm hearing, I'm hearing from the back. Cuddy just chimed in and said that they're paying out his full contract despite his IR clause. So okay, dope. I asked Cuddy, is it confirmed? He said, confirm you guys. So that's all we really want to see here is, right. is to see organizations be held accountable for something like that because you know, I was having a conversation with Rodney tonight and we were talking about hazardous pay. If police officers get paid hazardous pay for going out into these dangerous environments and these dangerous situations, the same kind of situation should be held for other jobs that are dangerous as hell, which I agree. NFL is, is a part of that. So um, dope. I'm glad to see the NFL stepping up in this instant instant. <laughs> this one time. <laughs> this one time. And we should continue to hold organizations accountable for things like this. Period. Period. Oh yeah. Okay. So people are saying that flight attendants should also, you know, have this too. I agree. Shoot, Absolutely. Dominique says I need hazard pay for working in Southeast. Hey, listen, sis. <laughs> you ain't never lied. <laughs> you ain't never lied. You gotta work in these trenches. This given, we need. I need a little. I need a little time. Time and a half pay. Okay. <laughs> let's let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. All right. Well, um, listen. Last week we were talking about porn, and we were talking about a new legislation that is making folks. Um, have to show their ID before they can participate in Pornhub. Well, we have a little bit more news on the matter, and um, it's not necessarily tied to this legislation, you guys, but Pornhub is showing a rise in trans porn viewership, and it's exposing the lack of Black trans protection. So according to the website Pornhub, the 2022 year-in year review transgender um, the category there is being ranked the seventh most popular category globally and the third most popular on the site. Now, ironically, uh, trans adults entertainment is steadily increasing at a time trans and queer rights are under attack. Um, we do we do know that the GOP is also attack GOP lawmakers are attacking um uh, the trans and queer community, like they're wanting to ban drag brunches in various states, which is ridiculous, um, along with other political efforts to limit queer liberation and joy. JC, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, it seems like um, oftentimes we see <clears throat> transgender um, individuals who often are, um, you know, work and become sex workers because they often don't have an outlet to um, have high ranking jobs, right? Or or even I would just say normal jobs like waitressing, right? Because they're right. often ostracized from the community. I know I spoke with one trans woman and she was telling me that, yeah, they'll have me work the back of the house at the restaurant, but they'll never put me in the front. 
And I thought, you know, wow, that's like, that's so, um, that's a powerful statement for somebody who wouldn't even, who wouldn't necessarily see their plight. If I'm a trans woman, I'm going into sex work because people have a fetish and they can fetish with me. But Mm -hmm. when I want to be a CEO of a company, no one is going to take me serious. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that this is showing that this ranking is showing that, yeah, you know, seventh, the seventh most popular in the world globally for the number one porn site, seventh um, in a time where viewership is, is, you know, at its all time high. (laughs) It's Um, also, it's interesting to me too, that the highest, some of the highest rates of uh, trans porn viewership or the increase are in states with the most strictest uh, trans anti-legislation laws, like states like Texas, mm-hmm. states like Florida, states like Oklahoma, Oklahoma, states like Louisiana. Most of the southern states, ironically, have some of the highest rates of trans viewership and have some of the most restrictive trans and queer um, anti-legislation. Um, so that's just the first thing. It's just this kind of, I always think it's interesting how, like like you said, uh, good enough to sleep with, but not good enough to walk down the street with, not good enough to be treated like a regular human being, not good enough to be treated and given, you know, rights and, and respect and just just the common human decency. Um, I have a friend right now that works inside of the Department of Children Welfare Services uh, for Georgia. And um, he works in essentially what you might call a group home, right? Um, it's called defects. So it's where orphans are placed when they are about to age out of the system. And so okay. some some of the kids that are like the most at risk are the trans and the queer kids, right? It's specifically oh, wow. the, the queer kids because everything is based off of money. So if you might get $160 for a straight black male, in your house or in your system, you may only get $110 for a trans black kid, right? And that can add up to upwards of, because this is 120 to 100 and like whatever per amount per day. So that can add up to wow. anywhere from 3000 to $4,000 per month, depending on the case, right? And so you have these kids that desperately need attention and desperately need help that can't get it because our country and our system likes to reduce people to numbers and actually doesn't take into account their humanity, right? So it just makes me think of all of those things. It's, it's a direct kind of like parallel from the school to prison pipeline. You have the uh, orphan to prison, to sex work, to whatever pipeline, because a lot of times these these kids aren't even given the basic resources to be able to be functional members of society. So it's just it's 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 kind of makes me angry. But what you gonna do? This is um I, th- this is actually the second time you've discussed the value of a person in in actual dollars, and it it reminds me of a piece of legislation from, um, you know, I work for a city council member. I work for council member Tran White here in DC. And one of the bills that he introduced um, is called the Stormaya Denson-Jackson Race and Gender Economic Damages Equality Amendment Act of 2020. Okay, that's fully loaded, right? But essentially, (laughs) and that's how laws are, like you kind of load it up and But essentially, it's to ban the discrimination in the loss of life in court damage determination. So the way that you're thinking about it, JC, is actually how the court of law looks at it. And so 
it'll say the loss of life for a white male is is they're at a set standard. Let's say they're at two hundred dollars, okay. and then a a black a white woman would be a hundred and seventy five dollars, right? And then a black male would be one hundred and twenty five dollars, and then a black woman would be like seventy five dollars or whatever the case may be. But right. there is this there is um this loss amount that has to be determined so courts really have to take into considerations okay this person had a college degree this person was this age this person was this race this person had was married all of those things make a determination in your value um and so this bill was essentially to ban that discrimination and loss and say listen we don't want you can't say one life is overvalued than the other. We can determine a value in the loss amount, but we can't have those discriminating factors um, be calculated into those uh, damage determinations. Correct. So and, there are, and you know, oh, go ahead. And you know where this comes from and you know where this comes from, right? You know, this, this, this is slavery all day. Like this is, okay. like, <laughs> this is slavery all day. This was okay. Uh, we got two winches and they look like they can work in the field and bear children. We're going to give $50 for the two of them. But this old one with the messed up leg, we're going to give her 15. Like you, this, this is a direct thing from slavery. So it's just yeah. <laughs> America. America, this is America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see Mama Harriet tapping in saying slavery. Yep, exactly. Uh, well, um, I'm glad that we brought a little bit of light to that topic. Look, let's take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to do it for the culture, you guys. I want to bring, I want to shine some light on Meek Mill and Kevin Hart donating millions of dollars to private schools out in Philly. Uh, stay tuned. You're watching Clapback Culture. Hey guys, Lisa Gordon here. And before heading to Belize, Trey Holiday and I had to make sure we linked up with our good friends over at Market Street Shoes to, of course, grab a few things for the trip. From bags to socks, shoes, sunglasses, earrings, and more. Before going on any trip, make sure you stop at Market Street Shoes. Trust me, you'll find just what you need to make your trip not only enjoyable, but fashionable. Prosperity in Black America. What will this require? Is Black business prospering? Are we reaching women and minority-owned businesses? How do we achieve earning parity for wealth for our families? Do our children really have access to education? Will our families have choices for our children? Prison pipelines, mass incarceration, tearing our families apart. A healthcare system not accessible to the masses. The disproportionate termination of black women from corporate America. When will we actually begin to address what's really at play? How do black people gain more power to help make these changes? This requires a lot of political will and courage. I'm that provocateur of change. I am Cindy Bright. Welcome to Heartbeat. Uh, oh, babe, I'm live. All right. <laughs> You know, it's it's funny, um, JC, and I'll share with the viewing audience, you know, Rodney, Rodney has only been home a couple months. He came home in April 
But since he's been back, like we oftentimes catch each other um, like just being super in sync. I'm over here being a super fat kid. I'm telling him to make some chocolate chip cookies. He's already in the bag, greasing the pan. Like just little <laughs> things. Like, we're just we're just on the same wave, you know. So shout out, it. shout out to uh, to Black Love one time. I told y'all to nominate me for the show. Did Why y'all drop? Can you put the link somewhere so people can do it? Can we, Cuddy, can we put the link? That link for us. Yeah, that Cuddy, link. put the link up, man. Put the link I'm up. gonna go on a Trey Trey Holiday show, the next season of Black Love. Come on now, throw me in there, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a feel good story. Wanted to bring this up because Meek Mill is always in the news for something grimy or corny or cheesy or greasy or having to apologize or something. But he does a lot of work in community. um, And I want to shout him out. Meek Mill and Kevin Hart were both students in Philly public schools. And now they want to give back. um, And they want to give parents a choice of school their children can attend. So they're donating $7 million to private schools, not public schools, but to private schools in Philly, um, with the idea that this is going to contribute to tax credit programs that will support students who may not otherwise have an opportunity. But this money is going to be, um, you know, kind of put into um, these schools to cover scholarships for low to moderate income students during this school year, the 2023-2024 school year. Um, These scholarships are going to be across about 60 different private school campuses. Um, it's, you know, there to cover tuition, classroom resources. They're also going to put some funding in, um, in for laptops, tablets, and Wi-Fi connection. Um, one thing we should also know is that Meek Mill is out here, like, doing it for the people. I had no idea, but in this same article that I read, he also bailed out 20 women from the Riverside Correctional Facility in Philly so that they could go home for the holidays. He did that in December of last year or a couple weeks ago um and the women were reportedly received gift cards meant for groceries or gifts as a part of their release shout out to you meet me i i just want to say and drop a little information on the people um while i'm happy that this happened it really shouldn't happen it shouldn't be a need for that but considering the fact that the american public educational system is funded by tax dollars and so what that means is a lot of times if you not a lot of times pretty much in all cases um the better neighborhood or the more taxes that your neighborhood or your zip code pays the better your school is right and so this is why schools in the hood get underfunded because these areas don't pay as much in taxes as the rich people do um and it's one of those things where um our government has the ability to subsidize a lot of things and a lot of times i find that it subsidizes the wrong things right and when i think about countries in europe or countries anywhere else other quote unquote first world countries that don't necessarily have these problems concerning education concerning violence concerning gun violence so on and so forth it's because they specifically dedicate resources to people not to things, not to areas, but to people. 
And so if we literally just, if the federal government would just give all of the same schools the same amount of money and not make it tax dependent, we wouldn't need people like Meek Mill and, and Kevin Hart to sit up here and donate money out of their own pockets to make sure that black and brown kids get a decent education. So that's all. Thank you for coming. That's a good point. <laughs> Good point. Good point. And another thing, too, which is why I always push people to participate in local government is that you have your local officials and your local officials support in managing the local budget and your and, and the monies that go into your school systems and that go into, you know, um, you know, creating job programs and, you know, any your healthcare system. All of these things are tied to your local government and don't necessarily have a huge oversight from the federal side of the government, unless you live here in Washington, D.C., which we, um, you know, there's that part. But if you have an elected official and you take the opportunity to go out and vote, that's just the first step. You then have to be an advocate and stay, you know, stay in touch with your city council members. You have to stay in contact with your, you know, state board of education representatives. Yes. Like you have to be a part of the conversation and say, hey, yes. this is where I would like to see money infused. Because even if they say, okay, even if the government says we're going to allot the same amount of money to every single school, despite any, anything, right? There still has to be some decisions that need to be made to say where parents want that money to be allocated. So it's like if you want that to go into laptops or into technology. I mean, there was this awesome program in Seattle that they just launched where, um, you know, students are you know learning this whole like 3D like uh, architecture and all of this other stuff. Like, where do you want your money to be infused to? Um, and, you know, do you want it to be in sports and recreation? Do you want it to go into libraries? Where where do you want that money to go? And I think it's important that we not only support our elected officials during campaign season, but that we continue to have a seat at that table to talk about where we want those funds to be advocate, allocated and work alongside those community based organizations who are already doing the work to say, right. like, hey, this organization you know, we want them to continue getting this grant funding because they're doing such great work here. And that's a lot of work for some people, right? But it takes more than just tuning in on our show or tapping in on social media and dropping mm-hmm. in like a line. Like you should like mm-hmm. testify when there's a, you know, a, a meeting in, at the public, at the town hall. Like you should show up to your parent teacher conferences or send an email to somebody who's who can you know say something about the matter, right? Like be a part of those decision making process. We have some super like like there's there's a lot of seniors. We call them our super seniors. Our super seniors, like they get their group of people they and are, they yes. give us this. Yes. And they're like, this these are our demands. Like yes. this is what we yes. want to see, yes. and they come every quarter, every budget season, every meeting, if it's not one person in that group, it's somebody else. And so I love when people are really strong advocates and it may, it may not be you, but you may be somebody to say like, I have this idea and I'm going to pass it on to JC because JC has the time to go and show up to that meeting and he's going to drop that in. So I always, 
always i'm sorry i always like to say too like a lot of people look at voting as like the first step no voting is like step three or four like the community engagement is actually what empowers the vote right it's the ability to hold these elected officials feet to the fire when they don't do what they say they're going to do right like the voting is extremely important yes but it's kind of like putting the cart before the horse because I cast my vote for a person. But if there is no community infrastructure to actually, like I said, to to, to, to make sure that what you said you're going to do, you actually do them. It, 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 it's missing. Like there's there's a whole bunch of steps in between that we just don't we don't we don't utilize right now. And the older generation, they get it. Um, they really do. And the younger generation, yeah. I, I must say, Generation Z or X or two or three, whatever's going on, they kind of get it too. <laughs> I don't know what happened with us millennials. We kind of dropped the ball. I don't yeah. know, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, millennials. <laughs> some of us get yeah. it because you know, because we're raised and we we cherish our our baby boomers above us who are like, this is the way you get it done. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of us who are just like sleep at the wheel. Mm-hmm. But be involved, get engaged. Like, don't be that guy who's just sitting in the house, like not, you know, complaining about stuff, but not actually doing anything. Doing anything. Right? So. Uh, all right. But shout out to Meek Mill and, of course, Michael Rubin, of course, giving my seven million dollars to Michael Rubin is a drop in the bucket. But collectively, this is a great thing. Um this is a really fun topic that I wanted to talk about. And I say fun, not so much in a laughing manner, but fun in that it's always good to rip someone apart when they're wrong. <laughs> Akon, you guys, is talking real greasy about African-Americans, despite the fact that his entire career here in America and the fact that he was born in St. Louis is, uh, is at the palms of Black America Here's a video that breaks it all down. We'll come back. We'll talk about it then. Stay tuned. Go ahead and run that footage, Cuddy. African. Yeah. We a little different when it yeah, comes to yeah, stage yeah, presence. Yeah, 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 yeah. America. Oh, yeah. In words. In words. Wobbling, pants hanging half down. Bored as hell, half to sleep because they high as hell right, on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Africa, we wake up morning. Like, look, I mean, look at these YouTube clips of all these kids from Uganda. And yeah. how did these, you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, these yeah. kids are performers. Like, yeah. So when, for us, it comes natural, you know, like to watch the kids from... For this new year, we're not engaging in none of these diaspora boys to perpetuate the pale supremacist idea of divide and conquer, because that's exactly what Akon, you feel me, start to engage in. Akon just engaged in anti-Black pathology that makes Black people look like buffoons, and he did it while using African-American vernacular English, which is kind of funny. Now, could Akon have talked about the great performance of the Africans in Uganda without putting down the Africans in America? Yes. This is a screenshot of Akon's first hit single entitled Locked Up, literally conceptualizing the prison industrial complex and how it uniquely impacts African-Americans. Not only that, has built an entire career off the backs of Black culture here in America. So when I started talking about not engaging in diasporic wars is being able to make an analysis that does not perpetuate pale supremacy in a way that comes at the expense of our fellow individuals or other members in the African diaspora. 
Huey P. Newton said that we have to think globally and act locally. And what I know from thinking globally is that this little narrative he's concocted about African-Americans being high and drunk and having our pants being down and out of there, that same narrative is weaponized against Nigerians when it came to SARS. We see how when you start to deploy these anti-black pathologies about what you feel like is what black folks doing in America, it also impacts black people throughout the diaspora. Ever since Akon got this little toupee hair transplant, he been acting real different. Convict Music is the name of his record label. And as you see, the literal logo of his record label is an appropriation of the American abolition symbol. It was almost like you're trying to give us a little authenticity test for how African we is. Talking about it's natural for them. Like, it's not natural for us. Come on, now, man. We do that. Growing up, I listened to this album. So much love you make. Listen to it. Mama Africa. Mommy Africa. I mean, use hip hop, a uniquely African-American cultural product to literally line his pockets and give him cultural capital to make it what people is interviewing him. He used that influence to then denigrate African-American culture and see us through the same lens that the Pales see us as. What does it mean to only be able to see your people through the eyes of the colonizer? I would argue that a lot of the ways that diaspora wars happen, anti-blackness gets deployed in multiple ways. And I hope, let me know in the comment section, was this video anti-black and calling them out for being anti-black? Let me know. Mm. I, I like always love us. You said what? The what word? Like the pales? The pales. The pales. I might have to um, employ that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lo. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, I love when a good, when there's a good read on TikTok, when someone just breaks it all the way down. There's also um, a lot of people criticizing Ziggy, who was the young woman who was interviewing Akon during that segment, who was, I guess, softly agreeing with, with him, just kind of nodding her head in agreement um, as he said that, but this right here, you know, being an individual who lived in Africa, Africa once before an American, a black American living in in and on the continent of Africa. It's annoying that yeah. you have someone like Akon who continues to perpetuate this division. Right. And saying like. I don't think it's necessary that you have to tear down one person to amplify the other. Like he could have talked about African artists and Guyanese artists and saying how great a performance they are without having to say that American black American performers are always high and their pants are sagging down and this and that when it's like, but Akon, you were about that life. Mm -hmm. Like you were that, like in the 2000s, my guy, like you mm -hmm. were doing the same thing. So mm -hmm. what, what, what have you now, you know? So I, I'll let you, I'll let you take a stab at this, JC. Go ahead. Give us a good three, road. I got three things. So the three first thing points. is, I got three strong points. So the first thing is, I don't know who this Ziggy girl is. I ain't never seen this girl for my life. Um, but I have a person as a person that has probably interviewed over 150 people in my career, lifetime, whatever else. I am not a human being that will allow you to sit up here and say some bullshit like that and not check you on it. Right. Like I don't, mm -hmm. I don't get starstruck. I don't get, no, if you're going to talk whatever about people that look like me, no, you're not finna, you're not finna do that, bro. Like, like you said, the new hairline got them acting funny. Like I don't understand that. that number one. <laughs> Number two, Akon is an individual that literally he's supposed to be doing all this stuff in Africa and taking all this money. 
you know, he's been he's been collecting and outsourcing all this, doing all this stuff, supposed to be building lights in Africa and wells and all. None of that's happened. Like literally none of that's happened. Where he's he's basically the Umar Johnson of Africa. Like, so that's the that's the second thing. The third thing is I'm I'm gonna pull up it's Kimberly Renee on Instagram. She made a very poignant comment. Like she read this this man for filth. Um and she says, not St. Louis, Missouri born. Aluane Damala Badara Akon Tiam, who has been photographed wearing them sagging pants, spitting in the face of people who created the culture that made him rich. Not the man who lied about running a notorious car theft ring and serving time in prison and writing all about it and having and winning uh, all about it. Oh, excuse me, writing about it all the way to a Grammy win. Have a seat. He ain't acting different. He always been acting. I didn't even know he was from St. Louis because I thought I thought Akon was from New York. So I'm like, I don't like I didn't know he was born in America. The man was born in America. What are you talking about, man? Like you, you as American as apple pie. You're you're born from you're from St. Louis. You're not even he. I remember this. And we're like, I went to jail for a car theft ring. You know, I was we was boosting the cars. That was a lot. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. And so it's like, how dare you sit up here and you, 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 what are you doing right now, bro? Like, who, who are you right now? This is what we would like to call an industry plant. And that's, I'm done. I'm dropping the mic. I don't, I don't got nothing else to say about this man, but he's, no, he's been I, listen, it, it, it's, it, he's that, there's always that guy, right? There's always that guy who, you know, he's having this African experience now that he's lived in Ghana and, you know, he's taken over the continent for so right. long. And now all of a sudden it's like he forgets his American heritage and culture. Like, stop what mm-hmm. you're doing, home. Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to do that, Akon. Mm-hmm. Um, and and of course he, you know, he is of African de- of descendants, just like my light skin ass is too. So <laughs> not going to, you know, this is why we had movies like Wakanda. Like, don't be that guy. You know don't what I'm saying? Like, and I think. Uh, the TikToker who we posted on this, and there's a couple other videos that break this down a little bit different, but um, shout out to them because there's there's this huge segregation between Africans and Black Americans um, as if we are not equal. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that some one of the YouTubers I was looking at kind of made up, there is no difference. When you it's see not- the most popping believe me, live there, done that. When you see the most popping celebrities in mm-hmm. on the African continent, mm-hmm. they are literally the same as the black celebrities here in the United States. They dress the same, right. they act the same, they use they spend their money the same. Right. The only thing that's different is everybody's accents. Like it's a united front, it's a vibe. And I would not say like how how can you even say out of your mouth that arguably that there's better African performers than Black American performers? Like when and and the interesting the and the interesting part about that is like African Americans literally have the market cornered on pop culture globally. Like we set the trend, right? That's the reason why Wizkid dresses like us instead of dressing, you know, in ceremonial, whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the reason why a person like Akon came here to make music and pop and not go over there. So it's like, and notice how I say all of these things without necessarily putting down anyone on a continent. 
stating a fact, right? So it's just kind of like, how do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you, how do you do that? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like what, and what I always tell people when someone is lying to you, you have to look at, or saying a, a mistruth, you have to look at who benefits from the lie, right? Mm -hmm. So like, who benefits from Akon saying this? Because once you get to a certain point of wealth, you are disconnected from, you know, anybody that you don't want to be connected to, right? So what's of, are you saying that they're like out of touch? Yeah, but again, like okay. I said, industry plan. Like who 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 are you doing this for? Like what is this? Is okay. this for is this for clickbait? Are you trying to get back popping again? Like what's the you know what I'm saying? Have you been hanging around, you know, the supervillain known as Elon Musk and them and Jeff Bezos? Like, what's the what here? Right. Cause Jeff, I don't I don't know if y'all know Elon Musk is the real life Lex Luthor. Like y'all, y'all think I'm that's the real life Lex Luthor. Like he is a super villain. That man is evil. But I'm just like, who benefits from Akon saying this? Cause it ain't us, it ain't anybody to look like him, you or me. So I'm just trying to figure that out. I'm one, but you know what? This is the same Akon that also said that African Americans need to get over slavery because white folks don't care. They already they already show you that they don't care. So we need to go ahead and just get over it and move on. So he yeah, Akon is a wanker. <laughs> He's just a wanker. Like can't take him serious. And you know, I do want to say that like. If I'm in an interview with someone, I have a tendency to go, okay, okay. But I'm never going to not say, but hold on. Because right. I don't okay, agree comma. with this. Yeah. And I think as journalists, even if you're not this big seasoned journalist, but if you are reporting and you're doing these interviews, you have to take a stance Mm -hmm. to either one, protect yourself in your opinion, or two, protect that audience that someone is attacking. And I say all that right. to say that, um, what's his name, uh, who was attacking Ashanti on, on Drink Champs? Nori had an Irv obligation. Irv, uh, Irv and, uh, yeah, Irv, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Irv, when Irv, Irv's Irv, yeah. body was talking trash about Ashanti and calling her all types of bees and this, that, and the third, Nori, Nori had an obligation, in my opinion, to say, listen, there has to be a certain right. set of decorum on my show because right. I'm going to set the tone in how we yep. have these conversations. Now, you can speak your truth and we can have an intelligent conversation, but let's 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 keep the decorum. And I think Ziggy, you know, and I only saw the, the viral clip, you guys, so I'm going to give her a little bit of grace. But I'm not. It's one of those situations <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. where it, she should have said what her opinion was in order to, one, protect herself and to protect her audience. And she's trying not to, she's trying now to say, like, that's not my opinion, but this is the same social media that talks about Black folks all day long. But that's exactly. not, but that's not what it is. Like, right. you, you're providing a platform for somebody to make these kind of statements and then you're nodding in agreement without right. saying how you feel anything. on the matter. Right. It's a dangerous no, game. It's a dangerous, right. dangerous game. And to wait, do we wait, can we keep going on that one? We got yeah, one more left. Go ahead. Okay. No, no, so 
Okay, so the other thing that I want to mention is going back to your point, I want to back up to that, right? Um, because you've lived on the continent. I've been to the continent um, going back pretty soon. Um, and I just want to say, like, when it comes to disconnection in the diaspora of, like, Africans, Americans, and Caribbeans, like, this is done on purpose, right? So I went yeah. to London and I went to the Black Cultural Archives, which is their, the British equivalent of the African-American History Museum. Um, nowhere okay. near as grand because regardless of what y'all might believe, the UK really don't care about black people. If you think America is bad. <laughs> and so um, so it's in a two story little house. You know what I'm saying? And I go up to the top and there is a literal timeline of black people's beginning in the UK and their end. Right. And so one of the things that struck me and and, and it makes me realize that black people are really living real life science fiction movies right is that in the 1950s you have african and caribbean people or african and caribbean people of british wait british people of african and caribbean descent excuse me you have people okay. like that putting on plays and shows at the british equivalent of broadway while at the same time 5,000 miles away in the southeastern United States of America, you have black people being lynched. You have people like my mother who were integrating her high school. You have you have segregation was at an all time high. Right. And this is the same time period. This is not this is this isn't like this is real science fiction. Like on one hand in America, you've got black people being lynched and then black people in the UK are doing shows on Broadway. Right. And I'm just like, this is wild. And I have a friend from Angola and we were talking about this and he was like, I had no idea about the UK history. And then I had no idea about the American history. Right. And I'm like, that's done on purpose. Like we don't know yeah. each other's shared experiences. There is a point at which we diverge and that is chattel slavery. But there is a point at which we come together. And that's the thing that we should focus on. Not the other thing, yeah. not the other way around. Right. And it just, like I said, when I hear people like Akon and his new hair say the things that he's saying, I'm like, bro, you got to like, nah, who who are you doing this for? Like, who 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 benefits? Who benefits? So, yeah, that's and it's, it, it's a poor it's a poor opportunity to really speak the misinformation and mm -hmm. and, and promote this very tired ass stereotype of African-American entertainment versus African entertainment or versus the world. Um, right. And you're right. The focus should be on the synergies of just black entertainment as a whole, as, as Africans as a whole. Yes. Um, and, and, and I think it's, it's a great point that you bring up about, us not understanding our our our, our shared experiences because I would even argue that on the African continent there's a lot of other experiences that we don't know about just Absolutely. their own internal wars um, and their own enslavement and their own you know their own struggles and tribulations that created who that you know country is that community is um, and we don't take enough time to have that level of understanding so. Yeah, the thing that's that the, the thing that Africans 
themselves that I have to remind Africans, like continental Africans, is like the Africa that you live in now is not the same Africa before colonialization, right? You have Africa and then you have Africa interrupted, right? So your culture isn't even the same culture as it was before the white people came on shores, right? And so the things, some of the things that Africans hold on to, like vehemently, are only like, and, and speak about it as if it is canon, right? As if it has always been, just started existing in the last two or 300 years, right? Mm. And so that's the one thing I always like to, like whenever Africans, because sometimes you have Africans like Akon that like to talk down on, you know, African-Americans or Caribbeans, whatever else, I have to remind them like, bro, your country ain't even your country. Your continent ain't even your continent, bro. It's not even the same place as it was when your great, 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 great granddaddy was here. And that's not even that far back. So relax. But that's just me. Relax and 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 don't sweat that Beijing out, brother. <laughs> that thing glue on. Oh, what you mean, girl? <laughs> it's a quick that's week. Good hairline. <laughs> of hairline. Since we don't have much, we don't we don't have enough to to have a whole conversation about this. But did you see Tory Lanez's mugshot? I didn't. Is he bald? Is he got the bald spots popping? No, he's got his good lace front on. He got the good lace front. They like good lace. Can we? Good lace front. Cutting, do we said, have a picture? No, we don't. <laughs> we don't have a picture of it. But go and Google it. Just look it up. It is. It is quite. It's quite. quite <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like a collaborate. It looks like a, a senior picture, like a high school yearbook picture, and album cover in the future Tory, after he gets yeah. out of jail. I'm looking at Shout out to Tory Lanez's right. hairdresser. I hope he's got some good hair glue. Shout out to him. Shout oh, out. it it does look remarkably nice. Actually, I'm confusion. Um, it looks wait, no, like this yeah, ain't the and he has like a pink jacket on. Is that that's not the mugshot, is it? Wait a minute. Yep, that's the mugshot. <sighs> Oh wow! It looks like a, uh, it looks like one of them high school prom pictures. You know what I'm saying? Like the <laughs> lifetime joints, the lifetime watermark across. Yeah, that's good for him. Exactly. Good for him. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, that's our show tonight. Thank you for tuning in to Clapback Culture, JC, on the OVT Network. Where can they find you when you're not here on Clapback Culture on Thursday nights? Uh, y'all can find me. My personal Instagram is JC from the OVT. And of course, the OVT Network's Instagram social media handle is at the OVT Network. Very simple. I try to keep it simple. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I don't really use Twitter like that, but it's the same on everything. <laughs> so y'all can follow me there. Do you um, actually use your um, your TikTok? Uh, the OVT Network has 52,000 followers. Yes. Okay. Perfect. I, I got it. <laughs> I gotta get on. I gotta do more on TikTok. It's just I I, I know it's a rabbit hole, so I, I haven't done it yet. But look, y'all, I've been slacking. You said what? Oh no, I'm a bit. I'm saying I've been slacking. I've been slacking. To be honest with you, I'm, and I know I've been slacking. I'm, I'm my bad. Everybody, I've been life is lifing. So I have been slacking. I'm gonna get back to posting content real soon. But yeah, remember oh, that you. was our that was our New Year's resolution. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're um, right. Okay, we're gonna hold each other accountable. Yes. I got you. Let's I see do you. it. Let's do it. I mean, we did good. We had the show sheet together last night. We did. I was I was looking at that. I was like, damn, we doing I was good. proud of us. I was yeah, proud of us. We, <laughs> it's behind the scenes stuff, y'all. Thank you, Miss Harriet, for the compliment, by the way. 
<laughs> All right, y'all. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, I'm Jules Jesse. You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Treasure of J U L E S and TikTok. Same thing at Treasure of J U L E S. I'm gonna start posting on there too. Uh, so please pull up, follow me, and shoot me your show topics. Let me know what you want to talk about. Um, and thank you so much for tuning in. All right, y'all. Well, that's our show. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Until then, be peaceful. Peace. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.